opening scripture this morning is 1 John chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. 1 John chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Amen.
Right, good morning. I'm glad you guys have joined us today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning, uh, and then we'll have our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, that we're here this morning, Lord, and we have the ability to be here to worship you and to read your word together, Lord. And um, Lord, this week we we just have seen so many horrible things on the news, and and that our brothers and sisters around the world, especially in Ukraine, don't have that ability right now. And so, Lord, I pray for them this morning. Uh, Lord, we should be in constant prayer for them right now, and, and, and all of our brothers and sisters around the world, Lord, that uh, can't meet freely like we uh, can this morning, Lord. I pray for them. I thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we have to come here this morning to worship you, Lord. And in all things, God, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple of minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
You may be seated this morning. Let me go over just a couple of announcements. Let's start with this. I always like to start uh, with either baptisms or discipleship. So I'm going to ask Joel if he would come forward. Joel and Tommy, I think they have a discipleship certificate to pass out this morning. Bring your man up, Joel. Okay, Elijah, come on up. We're pretty proud of Elijah. He's a, he's a man of God, and uh, his heart is pure, and uh, don't let him ever guess your age. <laughs> he guessed me at 63 years old. <laughs> and I told him, I said, Elijah, I'm younger than your dad. <laughs> but I've really enjoyed Elijah. He's, uh, he's going to, he's, he's also a, uh, FFA chaplain, and uh, awesome. he's, you know, he, he's involved and uh, doing very well. But Tommy, you want to come forward? I just got to say I'm very proud of Elijah. It was an honor and privilege to be able to discipleship him. I highly recommend to find somebody to discipleship because it's very important. I know when I went first went through it, I got a lot out of it, but. I got more out of it when I was able to discover somebody. So, Elijah, thank you, buddy. Speech. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, man. That's right. Well, if you guys want to watch Elijah play uh, softball, we're playing uh, Mondays, Monday nights. First game is the 21st. First game is 21st of March. Church softball team. Church softball. And do we need some more girls? We need one more girl. Okay. Ladies, so, ladies, softball players, come on. Need one. All right. So, anyway. Good deal. Thank you, guys. Give them a hand. So while they're, uh, while they're doing a picture, let me explain to you real quick, if you're new this morning or you have questions about discipleship, uh, we think it's extremely, extremely important uh, to disciple followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're commanded in Matthew 28, 19 and 20 to go therefore into all nations and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them all that I've commanded you, is what Jesus said. So it's not just about when they profess Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Now we have the obligation, we're supposed to as a church, disciple them. And so we have a 14-lesson uh, discipleship book that we go through discipleship. So if you're interested in going through discipleship, please come and see me. Um, if you're, if maybe you've been a Christian a long time and you've never discipled somebody, you're interested in discipling somebody, please let me know that too so we can match you up with someone. Uh, it's just an extremely important thing. You build friendships, you build relationships. Uh, that's what we're supposed to do. Okay, so real quick, just a, a couple of normal announcements. Wednesday night, sorry we had to cancel Wednesday night. Obviously the weather was horrible with ice. Um, but here's the winter policy, which hopefully we're about out of that. If Marshville schools cancel on Wednesdays, normally we will cancel also, or we do. So that's kind of a given. But this Wednesday night, weather's supposed to be good. We're, we're all good to go. A dinner at 6 o'clock this Wednesday night, like normal. Every Wednesday night we have dinner with one another. And then our classes start at 645. We have kids, youth, adult, young adults, college, college and career age, um, we have classes for everybody on Wednesday night, so please come. Uh, we'll be back into our adult Bible study. We also have a women's Bible study right now on Wednesday nights for the ladies that are meeting. So please come and join us on Wednesday night. 
This Saturday is going to be a, a big day, very, very busy day this coming Saturday here at the church. Uh, from 3 to 6 p.m., we are going to be having an outreach. So we're going to have a big fish fry here at the church, right out there in the parking lot. We'll set up our oh, canopies, and we'll have a prayer tent. We'll be sharing the gospel with people. It's free. Uh, you don't need to bring anything. We already have people volunteered to cook. Uh, and the side items and the whole nine yards. The only thing you need to do is bring yourself. So come Saturday from 3 to 6. At 6 p.m. we'll be coming in the church and having a service uh, this Saturday night. At, from 3 to 6 p.m. If you would like to help, we're also this week going to be going out and passing out flyers for this event. They're going to do that on Tuesday and Friday of this week at 6 p.m. So at 6 p.m. if you would like to help do that... Meet at the church, 6 p.m. Mike has some really nice flyers made up uh, that we'll have, and we'll be going out and passing those out in the community, putting them up at businesses, making sure people know uh, what we're doing on Saturday. Through the spring, summer, fall, we're going to have a lot of these opportunities. We usually do something once every other month or so where we're re trying to reach people in our community to share the gospel with them. So get involved with this. It's what we're supposed to do as a church. Uh, it's extremely important. I had somebody ask me this morning about the texting uh, app for the prayer request. Can you guys put that up there? Okay, if you would like to be added to this, here is the directions on how to do this. Uh, if you're currently not getting the updates from the church on your cell phone, you can get added to the li this list. We send out prayer requests. I send out um, church updates as far as services, if something was to go on or happen. If you have a prayer request, you can... Text that number, and then, and, I, and then I will send it out to the whole church. You can send me a message uh, through my cell phone or through Facebook or whatever. But those prayer requests go out to the whole church. Um, there is a character limit. So if you send me a prayer request that's like three pages long, I have to condense it down. Uh, so just so you know that. I, maybe sometimes I don't send it word for word what you want me to send because I have a character limit uh, that I have to use. So if you want to get signed up for that, uh, please get signed up uh, for that. Any other announcements this morning? Church softball, they, they, Tommy already mentioned this. Uh, it's going to be on Monday night, so if you'd like to play, get with Tommy. I know they need a girl. Uh, that's a great time of fellowship. I know uh, we've had people added to the church because of the softball program, right, last year. So, like, uh, it's awesome that, that, that they do that, if you'd like to do that. Any other announcements this morning? I forgot. Yes. Tuesday morning at Mom's Cafe. Uh, right next door here, uh, what time, 8, 8, 8.30 uh, for breakfast, ladies, this Tuesday morning, if you'd like to come and eat breakfast. Uh, any other uh, announcements this morning that I forgot? Okay, if you would stand with me this morning, let's take up our morning offering uh, and have our time of worship today before we jump into God's word together. So let's bless the morning offering today. Lord Jesus, again, I thank you, Lord, just for the opportunity to be here today. And uh, Lord, I pray for, over our, uh, our outreach, our community outreach events Saturday, Lord, that we'll be able to share the gospel with people, that we'll be able to pray with people, uh, feed them a meal and uh, fill their stomachs tangibly, but also, Lord, fill their hearts with your word and to pray for them and be able to share the truth of who you are uh, with people. We're called to do that, and so I pray for that this Saturday that we have the opportunity to do that. So be with the time that uh, the team is going to go out on Tuesday and, and Friday of this week, Lord, to, to talk to people and pray with them, Lord, and bless their uh, time in doing that. And this morning as we enter our time of worship, Lord, we lift our voices in, in praise to you and song to you. We also give back uh, to you, God. And so use this to further your kingdom. Use it to share the gospel around the world and in our community, Lord. And in all things, God, we love you, we praise you, we worship you. In your name I pray. Amen.
stairs to Children's Church this morning. It'll be second grade and below if they'd like to. If they want to stay up here, they can do that too. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, this morning to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 18. We'll read it together this morning. Romans 3, 10 through 18. We're jumping out of 1 John this week. Um, the reason for it, I, we, we, we just have to talk about this today, I think. Um, when things like are go on in our world, I think we have to address it from a biblical perspective. And I want to do that this morning and talk about uh, what we've seen. And, and, and we were kind of called, the church in, in America is called today to pray over what's going on in Ukraine. So we're going to do that at the end of service today. So we're going to talk about this today. Romans 3, 10 through 18. If you would, let's read it together. Romans 3, 10 through 18. It says, As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asp is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, again today, we're here today, Lord, to honor you, to worship you. Uh, Lord, I pray today that as we talk about the serious event that's going around in our world, and and people um, are worried and and have concerns, and obviously we're concerned about our brothers and sisters over there, uh, that God, we have some clarity today that, that what you want uh, the church to stand for and how our reaction should be uh, to things that are happening uh, around the world. And, and it gives us an opportunity, Lord, to share the truth of who you are uh, with people and answer questions. And, and Lord, so I, I pray today, uh, God, that you will show us in your word what you expect out of us as followers of yours and how we handle these situations, God, that we will honor you and, and, and Lord, further your kingdom. And God, in all things, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So everybody knows this week that uh, the president of Russia ordered uh, an invasion of Ukraine. And something really uh, like this, guys, has not happened since World War II. Uh, There has been wars, obviously, since then. But this is a major, major thing that that could potentially even be on the scale of World War II. Um, It's very, very important that we talk about this today because many of our brothers and sisters... Uh, in Ukraine will probably lose their lives. Uh, instability uh, has been brought to the world and our own country because of these actions. Uh, and, and I think it's very, very important that the church stay involved and in touch with what is going on and happening around the world. We have to be engaged. When, when these things happen, I think we must look to God's word for answers and find peace in the midst of all the turmoil that's happening. So one of the, one of the questions that you may get asked this week, maybe from your children, maybe from co-workers, maybe yourself is asking this this morning, is why does this happen? It's one of the hardest questions I think that we have to answer from a non-believer is why do, why do things like this happen? Uh, and, and a lot of times people just ask why. Why is there war? Uh, and I wanted to start with this scripture this morning because this is the result. War is the result of what we just read. War is the result of sin. It is the result of sinfulness. Uh, It it always is. Our text this morning gives us some insight on on why horrible things happen across the world, why there's dictators, Uh, it's all idolatry, they want power, and it all boils down to sin, that there is no righteousness, 
There's no righteousness. Why do dictators invade countries and try to take over? Sin. They have a lust for power, control. Uh, It is basically idolatry. Because we live in this kind of a world that has fallen uh, because of sin, war is unfortunately inevitable. It is going to happen because we live in a sinful world. Now that doesn't mean in scripture that God is against all war. Uh, If you read the Old Testament, you will see numerous times, numerous times, uh, we see that God often ordered the nation of Israel to go to war against other nations. Uh, An example of this, I want to give you a biblical example, is 1 Samuel 15, uh, chapter 3. There's numerous examples. Here's just one of them. 1 Samuel 15, 3, it says, Now go and strike Amalek and devote to destruction all that they have. Do not spare them, both, but kill both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Now there's a reason why God did this. It was to, to cleanse out idolatry, to make a path forward for the nation of Israel to have the promised land, uh, to take over the promised land and ultimately bring upon salvation uh, in the form of Jesus Christ on the cross. But war is never a good thing, because, but sometimes it's a necessary thing in a world filled with evil. Um, There are necessary uh, wars. Sometimes the only way to keep sinful people from doing great harm and damage to innocent people is to go to war. Uh, So it would be an error this morning to say that God never supports war because I believe he absolutely does and scripture teaches that he does. Jesus is not a pacifist as some people would like to think. Uh, He is not. In in fact, uh, his second coming is going to be exceedingly violent If you look in the book of Revelation, I'm not going to read the scripture this morning, but here's a reference for you in Revelation 19, 11 through 21. Revelation 19, 11 through 21. When you read that, Jesus comes back, it is going to be exceedingly violent. Imagine, if you will, if Hitler had never been stopped in World War II. How many more millions of people would have been killed around the world uh, because of him? Even in our own country, if we would have not fought the Civil War, imagine how many more millions of African Americans would have ended up in slavery. So there are times that their wars are are, are just. Um, This war is a terrible thing, but sometimes war um, is to right a wrong. Uh, It's happening, this war in particular that started this week, is happening because of an evil dictator that wants power, and that's his God. And, and so that's why this is happening. So how do we know? It brings up a question. Well, how do we know what is a just war or not? When, when is a, a good time for us to say that God would be behind this or not behind it? And there's a, a, there's a set of guidelines that we can go on. It's called, I want to talk about it this morning. It's called the just war theory. Uh, and the just war theory is, and it's basically an attempt to put moral guidelines with a theory that Christians can support a war or not. It's basically five principles that you can look at and go, okay, is this something that, that, that God would be behind or not? Uh, and I want to cover these very quickly, but here they are. Here's the first one. Is the war declared by a legitimate government? That's the first thing you can ask. Is there a legitimate government behind this? Or is this just uh, Islamic or, or terrorist or even Christian terrorists in the name of Christianity? Is there a legitimate government behind it? Is this war an act of last resort? It is, the, is it the last possible thing that can happen, uh, it, 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 or is it the first thing? Do we just jump right into it? 
Uh, is this war fought for a just cause is the third one. Is there a just cause behind it? Is there a reason? Are we trying to free, uh, flee, free someone from slavery or something like that? Is there a just cause behind it? Does it have prudent goals? It, does it have a goal of trying to accomplish uh, the war? Uh, and lastly, does the war use moral means? Is it, are, are you morally fighting the war or are you committing great sin by fighting a war? So those are some of the things you can look at. Uh, now, I, I want to say this uh, in context of, of the just war theory, that every war throughout history has been labeled what? Just by the person who wants to go and fight it. So uh, just because... We can think that. We, we know that that's obviously not true. And it's not true of the one happening this week. But by using this principle, we can see that the current situation uh, in Ukraine doesn't meet those standards at all. If you ask yourselves those first five questions. So that being said, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ here in the United States, who have a whole lot of brothers and sisters over in Ukraine. Wes shared with me an article, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, uh, about the number of Baptists that are in Ukraine. There's a, there's a very large Baptist seminary in Ukraine. It has about 1,300 uh, uh, students in it. Ukraine is uh, raising up Christian followers and leaders and sending them out into countries like Russia. Uh, and, and one of the statements this article quoted uh, the president of Russia on is that he wants to change spiritually. Well, if you go to Russia, they're not allowed to preach the gospel in, in the open. They're not allowed to evangelize people. So obviously, if that was to change in Ukraine, a lot of the Baptist missionaries uh, would not be getting sent out. So, so it is, it, there's a great concern here for our brothers and sisters in Christ that live in Ukraine. Now, we being a whole continent away, across the ocean away, what can we do? What can we do? So i got three things I want to point to us today that the Lord Jesus has commanded his followers to do uh, in situations like this. And the first one is, guys, we have to be in prayer about this. We have to pray about this situation. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 gives us that command. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So we have to make this request known to God. This has to be something that is on our heart, it's on our lips, that we pray about. And what happens? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So he's going to give us some peace. We have to be praying about this situation. This is something the church has to be praying about, you have to be praying about. We must be lifting our voices in prayer today for the people of Ukraine. I know that Franklin Graham today asked all evangelical Christian churches in the United States to pray about Ukraine today. And we're obviously going to do that, not because Franklin Graham told us to, but because Scripture tells us to. Um, I like Franklin Graham, but he's not Scripture and he's not Jesus, okay? Uh, we're going to do it because that's what we're commanded. So we have to do that. We must pray for godly wisdom, for the leaders in this situation. Pray for the military, our military members who are now getting deployed over to Poland, about 7,000 of them from the 82nd Airborne. We need to be in prayer for those guys uh, and ladies. Our prayers should be seen as a means of God getting his, done, his will on earth done. Uh, and, and that we pray that his will be done in this situation. Not our will, not anybody's will, but God's will be done in this situation. So here's a list of prayers. This is from Send International. I read this this week. I wanted to share it with you. Here's a list of prayers that we can specifically pray as a church body, and you can pray for Ukraine. Um, 
one thing is to pray for this holy, uh, this horrible situation that God will redeem it. That he'll redeem it and people will be drawn to himself through this. That the gospel will be used. That Russians and Ukrainians know that Jesus is the only source of peace, safety, truth, and freedom. That the only peace, true peace, is through Jesus Christ. The second one is that people will not put their faith in hope in governments, but in Christ. There's no government institution, no world leader, no president of any country that can save. Only Jesus. We can only trust in him. Number three, that he would deliver the people that are innocent in Ukraine from evil in this situation. Pray for the soldiers and their families this morning. Pray for the leaders of these countries. Pray that God will, will soften and strike the heart of the president of Russia. That he, he, it is a dictatorship that he would completely turn away from going in this direction and turn back uh, to, to truth. Turn to truth. So pray for the leaders. Pray for the church. Pray for the church in Ukraine and the missionaries that are sent to Russia from Ukraine. Most of the mission, Christian missionaries that are in Russia right now come from Ukraine. That may be that their hearts won't be hardened because of what Russia is doing. Uh, pray for those missionaries. And that God will use this, this evil that's happening to spread the gospel. Uh, with the uncertainty that happens with war, uh, it also... And people start worrying. I mean, people are going to get worried when gas goes up to $4 a gallon, which potentially it could. People are already, I know you're feeling that pain in your pocket of rising inflation. That's probably going to get worse. People start going into drastic, having dra thinking drastic scenarios of what may be the end of the world. or what. That's going to open up conversations for you all to have with people in our own community about Christ and about having peace in him. So it opens up conversations. So first thing, we got to be in prayer. We got to pray for the people that are involved in this. Second thing, I have to keep my faith, you have to keep your faith, and they have to keep their faith that God is on the throne and he, and he is in control of this. He is absolutely in control. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. I love this. I love these verses. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, for, for, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I love those verses because what does it say? It says, lay aside our sin. Lay aside anything that would hinder you running your race and look to Jesus. Run with endurance looking to Jesus. Well, where is Jesus? Jesus is on the throne. So look to him. Have faith. Keep your faith that he knows what's going on. He knows there's a plan. No matter what can happen on this earth, no matter how many countries... Russia wants to invade. No matter how much these gas prices go up, no matter any of that, no matter any of that, our trust is that Jesus is on the throne. And we keep our faith in him. We, that encourages us. Jesus endured the cross for us. And we have victory over sin and death and war because of what he did on the cross. When bad things happen, when life gets rough, 
It's, it's getting rough here for, for our pocketbooks, right, because of inflation. You don't have as, maybe you're not making as much money. You don't have as much money to, to try to get things done. It, it, it gives us an opportunity to grow in our faith. When trials happen, when bad things happen, it gives us the opportunity to have even more faith in Christ than what we did before. We have our faith grows. That's what James tells us. The book of James chapter 1 verses 2 through 3 says this. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So when bad things are happening, when our faith is being tested, when we wonder why is, why, what's, what's happening in my life, what's going on, it produces even more faith and it grounds us even more. It makes us even more steadfast in the truth of who Jesus is. If things get bad in America, keep your eyes focused on Christ and grow in your faith. Keep your eyes focused on him and the mission that he has for us. Listen, we can't, we can't get sidetracked by whatever happens out there. We have a mission as a church. You have a mission as an individual. We have a mission as a church. What is our mission? Grow in faith. Share the gospel. Spread the gospel. We have to stay focused on that. Don't get sidetracked. Don't let anything happening around the world get you off that, that track. Uh, that's what we should pray for our brothers and sisters over there. Guess what? Their mission hasn't changed. Their mission may have gotten harder. Maybe it got a lot more dangerous. But the mission is still the same. Keep your faith. Keep focused on what your mission is. Alright, here's the last thing. And I think it's just so important. So, so important. Coming, Living in a country that is free. That you can come this morning and worship freely. And not be arrested for coming this morning. We have to support our brothers and sisters over there. We have to support them. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians 16. Verses 1 through 4. 1 Corinthians 16. Verses 1 through 4. It says this. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. So who's Paul speaking to? He's speaking to the church in Corinth, right? And he says, I'm, I'm telling you guys to do the same thing I told the church in Galatia. Okay, verse 2. On the first day of the week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up, as he may prosper, so that there will be no collecting when I come. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredited by my letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable that I should go also, they will accompany me. So what's he telling them? Right now the church in Jerusalem, when he wrote this, is suffering. They're suffering from severe persecution. And they need help. They need help. So what does is, what is he tell them? He says, take up, store up a collection, and then we're going we're gonna to take it. To the people in Jerusalem, okay? So what does that mean for us? That, that tells us, it gives us a guideline of what we're supposed to do. It is an expectation of the local church to help our brothers and sisters around the world in a time of need. Now I'm thankful today. We, we support missionaries right now that go around the world. That our church is faithfully supporting. One of those missionaries I spoke to this week. His name is Austin Baker. Austin came several months ago. He is with a ministry called School to the Nations. 
And what School to the Nations does, if you remember, it produces evangelistic videos that they will take to, to countries of their own language. They use actors of people that speak the language of the country they're going to and make videos based on the Jesus film. And they distribute those in the forms of uh, DVDs, but also in memory cards. I guess a lot of cell phones around the world, that people take out the memory cards all the time. And, and I, I don't ever even tore my cell phone apart to do this, but people will take memory cards out and, and they make these little cards and they'll put them in their phone and watch whatever's on it. So they're making these and distributing them in all parts of the world. Well, in June, it's a great ministry. In June, Austin was in Ukraine. And he was working in Ukraine uh, for them. And he was going to, he went to a children's orphanage, a Christian, a Baptist Christian children's orphanage in Ukraine. That there's a couple that's there, and, and the government-run orphanages are really just dilapidated. And so they have they have a ministry where they take children and they bring them in and they raise them up, they teach them to love the Lord Jesus. So I got with Austin, I said, Hey, what's going on? What, what, what's going on with them? Well, right now they're sheltered in place, they're packed up, and they're ready to go to Poland if they need to. Here's a picture. I had the media team uh, download this. I think they have it. Here's a picture. I'm gonna they're gonna show you of uh, the orphanage in Ukraine. It's a beautiful country. If you look at the photo in the background, these are all kids that this ministry is supporting. Now, so so obviously we can't support every single brother and sister uh, in. Ukraine, right? I mean, financially, we just can't do that. But there's, this is one way we can help. Right now, over there, there are brothers and sisters that are in harm's way. And Scripture teaches us that we should help them. So what we've decided to do, and here's why we did it. Here, it the elders made this decision. We're sending them a thousand U.S. dollars uh, to this orphanage to try to help them. In fact, that was already done yesterday from this church. Uh, because here's why. Here's why we're doing this. Because scripture tells us this. We've been preaching through 1 John. Here's our reference to 1 John. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 and 18, this is what it says. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. So he says, this is how you love, that we know love. Jesus laid down his life for us. He died for us. He gave up everything for us. So now we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And this is what it says. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how can God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or in talk, but in deed and in truth. So what does that say? It says talk doesn't mean anything. It says talk doesn't mean anything. If we see that there's a need, what matters is the action behind it. The action behind it. So, so our elders want Crossbridge to be a church of action, not just words. Words are nothing. Action's everything. So yes, lift our voices in prayer. We should do that. I mean, I'm, we're going to do that here in a few minutes as a body, as a congregation for the people of Ukraine this morning. We're going to do that. Yes, lift our, our voices in prayer. But if there is a tangible need that can be met, help your brothers and sisters in a time of need. Let's do it. If we can do it, let's do it. So that's what we did yesterday. I, I, I got a hold of all the elders. I said, hey guys, I really 
think we need to help these guys in a tangible way. I'm going to be talking about this tomorrow. They said, let's do it. Let's send them $1,000. So yesterday we sent this orphanage $1,000 to help them in their time of need. Now, listen, I, I say all this because when you contribute to the church, I want you to be aware of what we do. This is not set up for salaries. This is set up to reach people in the community and around the world. That's what we want to do. Now, maybe you want to do something today. Listen, I know we have given a lot this month. I'm not a preacher that's going to ask for your money. I just don't do that, okay? I know the youth fund, you guys funded the youth this month. I understand that gas prices are crazy and food costs have went up. I get it. If you want to help in this situation and God is leading you this morning to do that and you see this need, I encourage you to do that. If when we see suffering, we have to be a church that is engaged with that. When you see your fellow man out here suffering, meet the need. If you can meet the need, meet the need. Be there to help them. Be radical followers of Christ that pray, that have faith that God is in control of this situation, and then will support our brothers and sisters in need. So I want to close this service this morning with something that I, I think is just very, very, very important. Very, very important. And something that we need to do more. We did it a couple months ago, and I'm going to schedule another one, where we had a night of prayer in here on a Wednesday night. How many of you came for that Wednesday night service? How many of you liked it? Say amen. Man, we had a great night. We need to be a church that prays for each other, for people around the world. So this morning, I'm going to ask during our invitation that you group up with one another. That you group up with one another and you pray. You pray for your brothers and sisters that are in Ukraine. You pray for the leadership over there. You pray for Vladimir Putin. You pray for the Russians that are over there. They have families. I heard this morning a lot of those Russian troops don't even know why they're there. They're rolling into Ukraine and, and he has forced them to sign up. For their military service. It's not like here. A lot of them don't even know why they're there. And they're going to get killed when they roll into some of those cities. We need to pray for their families too. We need to pray that this ends. That it doesn't extend over into Poland. Because then we are going to be at war too. I mean, it, 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 there's drastic consequences for these kind of actions. So we need to be in prayer about this. So I'm going to ask our worship team to come this morning. That you pray for your brothers and sisters. You pray... For the enemies, you pray for people that are against doing the right thing. You pray for those leaders. I want you to stand this morning. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to ask during the invitation time this morning that you all group up with one another. Your families, your neighbors, who's ever near you. And you just spend some time, a few minutes this morning in prayer. And then we're going to do a special closing this morning too. So let's pray together and then I want you to team up if you would this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you God again today for the opportunity, the ability to be here freely to worship you in a free country, God. Without, without the fear of death by coming here this morning. And there's so many people around the world, including Ukraine this week. Lord, this 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 brought to the forefront this week, but I, I should, Lord, I... I should have preached on this months ago because there's other countries around the world that our brothers and sisters are suffering. So Lord, I pray for them this morning. Let us as a church be a tangible that we are going to lift our voices in prayer to you, but we will meet needs. 
We will be a church that thinks outside the box and we will reach people around the world, God. That's our mission. And so, Lord, I pray this morning for these kids in Ukraine that we're supporting today. Lord, I pray that you'll keep them safe, that they won't be scared when they lay down to go to bed tonight. I pray for the missionaries, Lord, that are working there, that are sharing the gospel with them, sharing the truth with them. Lord, I pray for their safety, their security. Lord, let them stay focused on you and their mission that you've laid out before them. In all things, God, we worship you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. They're going to sing while we pray this morning. So if you would, team up with the people next to you.
Okay, I want to close something special today. Um, for our close, I asked the worship team that if we sing going out in song today. Uh, so we're going to do that. After this last song, uh, I'm going to bring Stacy and Nina up here. And uh, they've decided they want to be a part of this local body of believers, which is exciting. So after we close in song, I'm going to bring them up here. And I want you to come around and, and welcome them in. Uh, to this body of believers, but here, here's the song. Um, it's written by a man. Here's the backstory. It's written by a man named Horatio Spafford, and Horatio had several traumatic events uh, in his life. He was a very, very successful lawyer and had invested in property around the Chicago area. Uh, in 1871, the Great Chicago Fire, uh, a lot of his property was destroyed, and it ruined him financially. Uh, he, he also had the death of his two-year-old son around that same time. Uh, in 1873, just two years later, he had planned to travel with D.L. Moody uh, to England to help with his evangelistic campaigns. Uh, in a late change to his schedule, his family went ahead uh, and, and while he was delayed for business. While crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship that his family was on had a collision with another ship and, and rapidly sank, and all four daughters of his were killed. Uh, his wife Anna survived and sent him a, a famous telegram, and the telegram was saved alone. Shortly after, he traveled to meet his wife, and he was inspired to write these words from the song as the ship passed where his daughters had died. Through the turmoil, through the, the heartache, the overwhelmingly sense of loss uh, that's probably happening around the world today with some of our brothers and sisters, he penned these words. And that's my prayer for you today as we go out singing that this song be your prayer for not only us, but our brothers and sisters around the world. Amen. Thank you, guys. I'm going to ask uh, Stacy and Nina if they would come this morning. Let's pray uh, as we close this morning and then come around and, and congratulate them and welcome them in uh, to this family of believers. They'll be taking our new member class. The new member class is going to start uh, here in about another month. Uh, so if you're interested in becoming a part of this local body of believers, come and talk to us. Well, let's close.
morning. Be in prayer for your brothers and sisters around the world today. Lord Jesus, again, as we leave here today, Lord, let us, our, our hearts and minds, be focused on you. Let us be thinking about our brothers and sisters around the world that are suffering, Lord. It is a morning that we can be joyous that Stacy and Nina have come and wanting to be a part of this local body of believers. And it's an extremely important thing, God. And so I thank you, Lord, that you've sent them here to serve, to worship with us, uh, to, to, to partake in the mission that you have for this body of believers. And so, God, as we leave here today, Lord, we worship you, we praise you, we thank you, Lord, for dying for us on the cross. Without that... There's nothing else. There's nothing else. And so, Lord, let us leave here with joyful hearts, but also hearts that, uh, Lord, are, are, are focused on you. And, and, Lord, be in prayer or in prayer for our brothers and sisters around the world, God. We know that everything's in your hands. And so, Lord, we trust you this morning. In your name I pray. Amen.